Welcome to Bears on Tap, brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com and presented by Manscaped. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin safe technology so you don't nick your balls or any other sensitive areas. Are you looking to keep your boys fresh all day long? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. Red Grange joined us immediately after his last collegiate game against Ohio State. Yeah. And you say Shot City. Shot City. Shot City. I'm coming home again. Quick pitch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it, he's out of it at 25. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown your ass. You know they say that money calling, that money on the phone. What is going on, everyone? And thank you for tuning back into Bears on Tap. You can go ahead and follow us at that handle or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. I'm also followed alongside by Duke Coughlin, that pod guy Duke, and Brandon Suarez at Beatdown 300. We're going to be talking Lions preview, just kind of some future of the uh, future of the franchise stuff. What's going to possibly happen with Matt Nagy, all that good stuff, obviously. Um, and then we get you our more detailed preview against the Lions with an updated injury report. But, gentlemen, how are we doing? Uh, I mean, feel, feeling as good as we can be, I guess. Um, personally, I've been feeling a little bit under the weather, but uh, got COVID tested. I'm good to go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a plus side. Um, Detroit Lions, man. It's uh, if If last week was now or never, I mean, now would be now or never. But do we really want to put our meat on the table and continue to win? You know, that's the big question right now. Do we want to go tank mode? Do we want to uh, try to salvage a season? I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff up in the air. I guess I'm just kind of ready to get jump right into it. Be done. Yeah. This game right here is that AAF fourth and 12 opportunity instead of an onside kick. I already said it before. You you don't remember that, Wait, Lucas? What? You no, know, I know exactly. Like I, yeah, I'm just yeah, trying to understand the. Fuck it's a little bit. It's a little bit easy. Like it's a little bit easier than the rest of the games because we beat <laughs> the fuck out of the Lions every time we play them. But yeah, I am confident in our team to find a way to win a football game this week. And the Lions have been a dumpster fire for the last few weeks. Not that we have not been a dumpster fire, but. We can still stay on the graphic with a dub this week, get back to 500 and a somewhat favorable schedule with the rest of the NFC falling apart. Tinfoil hat Don is out. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, um, the, the lions have been a dumpster for it, fire as well as the bears and the bears usually beat the shit out of them, but it's taken a couple of fourth quarter comebacks in the last, um, last couple tries. And this last one, um, week one was pretty intense. And I know there's a lot of variables from week one to, you know, week, what are we in 12 now? 13. Well, we're in week 13. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I think it can go either way and kind of as Duke highlighted, I think it can for sure. Um, I, I hate the idea of tanking and I've never liked it, but I think this is the only time in my brain as a bears fan, it's been an option. And we will get to that in a second, but I want to start off because Matt Nagy is just a gem and I just don't understand the people. A jag off. He's such a gem, but I want you guys just to listen to this one quick question and answer and tell me how you feel about it. Cause oh this is, God, I can't this fucking is, wait. This is your head coach, gentlemen. This is not a meat on the table type situation. Is that a legitimate Hey man, uh, I think what irks Bears fans watching that game last night is not just that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, but that the play design makes it so much easier for him. You know, why can't the Bears get Allen Robinson open like the Packers do Devontae Adams or Anthony Miller open like the Packers do Alan Lazard? Is that a legitimate complaint or are those legitimate questions? I'm, I'm not going to get into all that right now. I think that, uh, you know, there, there's, 
there's a lot of different things that go into a lot of what you just asked. So uh, I, I just, our guys know how we execute, how we call plays, how we run plays, what we do, where our mistakes are, where, where our, our strengths are. And uh, again, I thought yesterday um, that there's certainly, you know, between the penalties and the turn, I thought, that, you know, the turnovers against a team like this, uh, when they're having the success they're having on offense, you just can't have that. So to me, it's the biggest part of yesterday offensively was more so just about the turnovers and then just losing some of that field position in the penalties. And then you ever hear that song fucking run around Sue? She left me with a broken heart. That's exactly what, what you, it's an old school, like 50. boy, boy, Nate, are you, Hold on. You just combined Boy Named Sue and Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. What is no, wrong with it's, it's a song. No, it's a song called Run Around Sue. It's by like some type of Jersey boy, Boys type of like five man. I don't even know what you call that. Quartet or something. And they like sing like. Do that before me one more time. A quartet. Quartet. Yeah. She really left me with a broken heart. Da-na-na-na-na-na. Telling she you. Really, she really tucks a sack so she can fight on a boss. No, that's not at all what it is. It's a song, Run Around Sue, and a lot of people that are cultured are going to know that song. But at the end of the day, it's all about a girl that gives someone the runaround or she maybe runs around. I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, Matt Nagy is just a gem. I want you gentlemen to – let's start with Beat On on this one. How do you feel about what – first of all – I'm glad you asked me, bro, because I'm the master of the runaround. Do you ever see a dog chase his tail in the the light of day? (laughs) Dog. No, but I want to give props. I, I don't know who the reporter is, but props to that reporter for just straight up saying, why are these guys open and yours aren't? Yeah, I, I, I would ask him the same thing. And, and honestly, for the first time in my press conference career, I saw someone get yelled at on Saturday. So that was fun. I definitely was a little tense uh, after seeing that and asked uh, a little bit of tighter questions. But in that situation, that's a pretty cut and dry question. Like, that's something that you've had the time to watch the film. You can clearly see what disadvantages or advantages your receivers had. And at that point, give a fucking educated answer. It's not that hard. You're just being a jag off at that point. Yeah. It seemed like he was kind of blindsided and dude, gloves are off, man. Bears are losing. The bears are below 500. And guess what? That's when the media comes for your fucking head. Hate to break it to you, Matt. Like you're not going to be able to talk about how you feel in the, you know, the hardest of your hearts You know that stupid ass quote you said about Mitch Trubisky last week. You believe in your hardest of his hearts that he's improved. Yeah, man, that shit ain't going to fly anymore. Like all that little, all that feel good moment that we had before the Packers game kicked off. That shit's over. You're not going to yeah. be able to be, you're not going to be able to like sit up there and play, you know, charades with the fucking media anymore, you know, and drink your little drink, your juice out of your little fucking, you know, canteen that you got going on. It's not, dude, you got to nut up, man. Like you have to start dealing with this media. They're coming for your head. Every head coach who's coached before you's had to deal with it. And chances are that means you're getting fired. Cause uh, usually the media will give you that little honeymoon feeling, which you got early on in 2018, which I've brought up a couple of times, you know, that you've kind of rode off. You probably thought you had the media all figured out and you thought you owned this city, bro. You're five at six. You just lost. You just got your ass kicked. You didn't just lose. You got your ass kicked by the green Bay Packers. Um, I know we probably drunk, like incoherently talked about it the other night, but yeah, bro, it's uh, it's not looking good. And you know what it is a fair question? All I've ever heard is how this scheme gets players open, how this scheme helps players, you know, exactly, dude. It's I'm, I'm done with it. It's over. Like this scheme doesn't do anything for the players. The players at this point are making this scheme look, look salvageable. Like Alan Robinson, as much as the shit that he's doing right now, he's a guy out that's not getting open by the scheme. He's getting the open because he's probably a pretty good receiver. You know, I'm sorry. This whole idea that Matt Nagy, has done anything worth uh, defending at this point. I'm just, I'm, I'm not hearing it, not hearing it. Yeah. I forgot. We're going to have to unpack a couple of things. Um, but first of all, I mean, you hit a, a na- like the, the nail on the head a couple of times. I think realistically we've seen a lot of those nostalgia posts about 2018. And it was like, damn coach of the year, like all that is coming around. And to me, the Chicago media is like, that one spaz friend that you have, the one that's just like kind of big and dumb. And he throws like a serious fucking right hook. Like he knocks most people out. A lot of the times he gets in he fights. Does. He, 
essentially a lot of the times a lot of the times he gets in fights he says it's the other person that instigated it but he's the one <laughs> absolutely that, beat on but he's the one i was that gonna fights. say your girl, my girlfriend but you probably, guys let uh, me finish my goddamn metaphor yeah but go ahead with your fucking metaphor but he's the one that fights the most in the group but he claims that it's instigated by the other person all the time that's exactly what the chicago media is but that that kid that friend also is the one that out of left field, when you're at a bar and someone decides to try to start punking, you comes out and just fucking knock somebody out. And that's exactly a lot of the time the Chicago media is in the wrong and they're searching for dog shit. But there is dog shit here and they are coming to clean it up, baby. And I love that they're unleashing themselves. The bears are the white dog shit. And, uh, you know, the media is Will Ferrell. They're right there for it. Wow, great. That is a great reference. You shit. Why is it white dog shit in that movie? It makes no I don't sense. fucking know. That's just, that's just beyond me, bro. Good job, Edon. I'm proud of you for that. Thanks, bro. Thank you. I got, I got nothing, man. Fucking white dog shit. I, that, that usually means it's like fucking like fossilized or some shit, right? Like it's been sitting there for like two weeks. It's like so, the one neighbor you always see like walking shit. shit. It's a crypto frozen dog shit. Yeah, let's move on from the poop though, dude. <laughs> Didn't you? You were about to say something though. <laughs> um, yeah, man. This is, you know, kind of like how I said, dude. This is gloves off. Like, there's just he's not gonna be able to hide behind anybody. And if any anything that any rumors, I guess, if we're gonna go tinfoil, if any rumors are true about how the McCaskies feel or how Ryan Pace feels, you know, we all saw that video Ryan Pace up in the booth kind of looking at what was going on down there. Just yeah, dude. Net, in his net, head. Nobody's gonna jump in front of this fucking uh this gunshot, dude. Like Nag's gonna have to take this like in the chest and either he's gonna be fifty cent or he's gonna be a fucking gravestone. I'm sorry, man, I don't wanna tell you. I mean, Did you say he's going to be 50 cent or he's going to be a gravestone? Hell yeah. Wow, dude. We were firing right now. We were firing. It was because Mike Tomlin played today at 240. We're just, quote, monsters dude, right now. Th- this is all my anger from fucking Sunday night, except now I'm completely sober so I can actually, like, fire it out. All right. So here's the thing. There are reports, though, that it is even going down to Ted Phillips might be on the chopping block. From the report after this, no one is safe. And I know that this report came from someone that's not the greatest source. But at the end of the day, it is a plausible thought process that no one is safe. I actually started my own petition. It has over 600 supporters. We need to get some people on that. It's uh, started by Fire Ted, and it's petition to you know for the chicago bears to fire ted phillips please go support it i think we can get 100k no problem we just need someone to big to get to it someone like a big cat to retweet that and i think we'll get a lot of fucking signatures and i'm going to present it to george mccaskey the same way that the 85 bears defense presented keeping buddy ryan i'm going to just write a letter and be like hey you're you know we we rose up as a fan base hundred thousand signatures maybe you should pay attention to this we'll see we'll see what happens I mean, hey, man, I give you a lot of credit for starting that petition, but, I mean, you're not like fucking Richard Dent and Mike Singletary writing a fucking letter, bro. You're Lucas Perfetti from Chicago. With 100,000 yeah. other motherfuckers that say, we will buy your merchandise, no matter who is in charge of your fucking accounting or marketing strategy, your merchandise is going to sell itself. Just fucking win. Throw the podcast uh, link inside the paragraph that is in the <laughs> petition. But, but. What a piece of dog um, shit. Honestly, I, I mean, you can get it to that point where, you know, 100,000 people sign it. He ought to pay attention to it because as passionate as, as our guys Buzz and Juice are, they're probably not the only people that want to pull back on their season tickets. Go if, go read Buzz's, Buzz's message on that petition, too. It is fucking so hilarious. It is exactly what Bears fans feel every I'm single sure. year around this time of year. It's just like you, you start off with hope you build yourself up every fucking year and they stick their hand up your behind and treat you like a damn puppet. The bears are, to sell you the bears are a prostate exam, $150 fucking sweatshirts from lyrical lemonade. And you know, the one thing I noticed about those lyrical lemonade pants, they have two L's on the front and the back. And that's exactly how many L's they took in the four weeks previous to the fucking lyrical lemonade drop. So maybe it's a coincidence, bro. Luke, 
setting up his resume for PFF. They're going to hire you on the spot when they hear that fucking stat, bro. Just like all obscure stats. Mm, <laughs> obscure obscure stats, stats that mean nothing. <laughs> I saw that right away and I like wanted to tweet it, but I'm like, it's not worth it. No, man. And, uh, dude, that would, that would be the complete silver lining of this entire season. I know everyone talk, you know, there's the Matt Nagy guys, surprisingly, then there's the Ryan pace guys. And then there's guys who want to fire them both. But in all honesty, dude, I want Ted Phillips gone. I was dude. I've been saying this before the year. Me and me and buzz, we were on a live stream playing fucking NASCAR and we were bitching about Ted Phillips, probably about half an hour. Like this guy has his hands just enough. And like the everyday dealings with the bears that he's like, he holds us back from making big moves, you know, it's, I, it, let me give you just one example. Chris Ballard knew Ted Phillips was dog shit. And he literally, he was in the building. The bears wanted to hire him. He wanted to work for the bears, but he did not want to go through Ted Phillips. He wanted to report. And this has to do with George McCaskey too. He wanted to report directly to the lady herself, Virginia, because he did not want to deal with the stupid bullshit that Ted Phillips puts in line. Who knows? Maybe it has something to do with who they had be their quarterback. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like, I think realistically, Ted Phillips is a problem. He's been there since 1999 in his role. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's been in his role as president since 1999, but he came there in 1985, I want to say. So after everything was constructed, he was part of the deconstruction of one of the best teams really in the history of the fucking game. Um, obviously their quarterback wasn't great, but defense, every position was unbelievable. They had an elite offensive line, elite running game, probably the best running back to ever play. Like, but the Lego, the level of Jag offery that has occurred since his entrance to the program, like it just like, wh- what are we talking about here? And like, if you want, so, what have like, you, what like have that, you fucking done except for sell some tickets and get the McCaskey's pockets full? Like you tickets that would sell tickets that would sell no matter what. And that's what I'm getting at. And it's just like. If you want to really go down that rabbit hole, look at type in Ted Phillips into Reddit and you will see some of the fucking crate. Like put your tinfoil hat on for that because you'll see some crazy conspiracy theories and ways of and, and like rumors in which Ted Phillips kind of held the bears back. Go ahead, Duke. Yeah. So um, I do. I want to do a big shout out um, to anyone who's listening, listening to this, who might have been on the uh, old Chicago Bears dot com message boards. Because we used to get in some really strong discussions about stuff like this with Ted Phillips, man. Like probably the stuff you see on Reddit, a lot of it probably like grew, like kind of sprouted from that website. They they ended up shutting it down, I think, around like 2008, 2009. Which probably because they, they stole the name of the like the Chicago Bears. No, 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 no. You could straight up go on the Bears website, click on a link, and you're there. It was just oh shit. Yeah, dude, there was some, uh, there were some awesome people on there, man. And I've, it sucks because a lot of them went by aliases. So I'll never have a chance to know who, like a lot of them really were, but there was some, a lot of good information, a lot of good talks on there. If anyone, if anyone's ever been on there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's the day that that site got shut down. was a shame, but the reason it really did was because there was a lot of shit coming out like that. There was a lot of stuff that was coming out from people who had been around the organization who were, you know, under aliases or some people, I know one guy who straight out came out with his name said who he was and his post was up probably for about 20 minutes before it got taken down by an admin. So there's a lot of, there was a lot of good info down there. Um, but anyway, to kind of bring my whole point together, you know, there has been so much nefarious shit that's gone on with Ted Phillips. He's kind of been the guy that is, he is, he's the connection to the McCaskies for like a guy like Ryan Pace. You know, he was like that for Jerry Angelo, you know, even a guy like Phil Emery, which, you know, to be honest, Phil Emery probably needed that guy. It's just unfortunate it was Ted Phillips. Um, but yeah, there is a disconnect for, of ownership and uh, the GM. I think if anyone has kind of broken down that barrier, it would be a guy like Ryan Pace because he seems like someone who's very forthcoming with the organization. It seems like he takes on a lot of the roles that a team president in the modern day NFL should take on. I've seen a lot of really good threads about some of the stuff that Ryan Pace actually is in control of compared to what other team facility getting built exactly like that's and that's that shouldn't be his responsibility at all dude it should be strictly building a roster and working about the scouting department and the fact that ryan pace like goes out of his way and listen man this is my probably my tinfoil hat situation but i would take a guy with what ryan pace does with building facilities and kind of on that end of it if we take him out of the roster building like formulation I really wouldn't mind seeing him at like the type of guy like him being a t- uh, team president, a guy who wow. actually. No, team. I want to. Yeah, because that's awesome. You said that because I had a buddy call me today and he was like, 
yo, what? And this is one of my buddies. He's a, he's a truck driver and I work in a truck as well. So we have a lot of conversations about the bears, like for fucking an hour, two hours type thing. And, um, he was like, yo, what if they fired Ted Phillips and Nagy and promoted Ryan Pace, the president, like an actual football guy that knows what talent is and shit like that. And I was like, I don't hate that idea. I don't. It would be an insanely unpopular one. And I already see beat on kind of shaking his head, but, um, yeah, dude, I, uh, I really wouldn't hate the move at all because at the very least, you know, like we said, nobody can deny that Ryan Pace has brought talent on this team. So it, it kind of says that he knows something to do with the football side of things, but that gives him a chance to actually be able to focus on, you know, knowing the right moves to make, having another mind in the room at GM to be able to be like, Hey Ryan, you know, I want to make this move. You know, do you agree with it? They can actually battle with it. Whereas you go to Ted Phillips and try to talk football with him, you know, he'll probably show you his sweet Chicago bears tie that he got. He's you know. just like, dog, I'm a fat rat. He looks like a fat rat too. Dude, he looks like a guy that has like coffee stains on every white shirt he owns. Yeah, I mean his name's fucking Theodore for Christ's sake. Like that's <laughs> what Ted is short for. So yeah. Um, oh, thanks, it's an, Don. It's an unfortunate situation that we got uh, Teddy Graham up there not doing his fucking job, and uh, it's one of those things where the NFL is, if you guys know, it's referred to as a fraternity, and once you kind of have your in. Unless you severely fuck up, you are probably going to keep your job for a while. And in that type of position where he's in tight with the McCaskies, you can see That's what see I'm saying. Why, that yeah. report coming out saying he's like endeared himself to the family, it does kind of align. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think if Duke says it and my buddy says it and we're seeing that on Twitter a little bit, you know, it's not like people are all just stealing each other's idea. Maybe people are just kind of having that parallel thinking. You know what I mean? I mean, he, um, he deserves to be fired. There's no question about that, but Ryan Pace. No, not Ryan Pace, Ted Phillips. Oh, a hundred percent. It's, it's a joke at this Ryan point. Ryan Pace moving up to president. I mean, that would, I can see it working, but I don't see it as being a popular opinion. Yeah, no, it's, and no, that's, it would be very that's unpopular. the thing. Yeah, it would be insanely unpopular. And you know what? Rightfully so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame people with being upset about that, but it would bother me a lot less than firing Nagy and Nagy and uh, Pace and keeping Phillips in the house. Cause dude, do what the Packers did with fucking Ted Thompson. Like I know Phillips done way fucking less with us, but like, dude, give him some, give Ted, like if you really like Ted Phillips that much and you want to continue to give him a fucking paycheck, give him some like nothing job where he gets paid and has no power. You know what I mean? Like just something like where he is right now in this position where he's like the, yeah, the lifeline of fat rats. Exactly, dude. He's like, he's like the fucking brick wall between the McCaskies and the GM dude. And he ain't doing that job. Right. So we need that to change. Yeah. And I just feel like uh, I'll, we'll double down on that. And we're going to move to a Rob after this, but I just feel like it's a win, 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 win situation, right? Because the people that like pace pace still stays here, but the people that don't like pace get a new GM. And Matt Nagy gets fired. So if you like a jag off, well, I'm for, that's unfortunate for you. I'm sorry, but he's probably going to be a quarterback coach. And there so. are, there are plenty of good uh, front office guys just chilling out there waiting for that call for a front for a GM job. And I think a guy like Ryan Pace be able to fucking, like I said, have another mind that he can bounce stuff off of. Cause he does not have that with Ted Phillips, dude. It can not only make that GM jobs a lot easier, but it can make Ryan Pace a lot more effective in a role where he's not doesn't necessarily have his hands on everything. I don't yeah. know. I just, I think it makes sense, but anyway, and I mean, we're all speaking in the context that this is already done and they're going to clean house. And we have really no idea what the Chicago bears going to do. They might chalk it up to a fucking COVID season. The bears could rattle off four, four out of four wins in the next four games. Very plausible to see that happening. Finish nine and seven, get knocked off, or maybe even win a playoff game. Like those are all things that could happen. But the reality is Everyone that was backing Matt Nagy for the most part, including myself last year, or at least saying he's a good head coach. Maybe he's not a bad, maybe he's a bad play caller, but he keeps the team together. He keeps them motivated. And like, he, you know, they worked through injuries and blah, 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 all that shit last year. Well, now we're seeing Javon Wims like tweets that say Chicago is where receivers go to die. And Anthony Miller say, liking tweets saying, um, you know, uh, what did I say? Oh, come to New England. We need you. You see what's it called? Alan Robinson liking tweets saying, come to Green Bay, come to San Fran, come to New England, come to all these different places. So, enjoy the death threats. 
At this point, yeah, I mean, it's not going to come from us, but they will come. Um, it's just the, the way Chicago fans are. Uh, I was talking about Green Bay fans, but I mean. that Yeah, they will give you death threats if you drop a ball or if you get, you know, four fucking touchdowns ripped out of your hand in one season. Um, but or if just, you eat Thanksgiving dinner with your family. <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up, dude. Aaron Rodgers is a bitch though. So fuck him. Um, but no, I just think, uh, let's, I mean, let's say the cat's out of the bag. It's been brewing for a while, but it's at the point now where, I mean, it's, it's unraveling. You know what I mean? Can we say it's still unraveling or has it unraveled? I, I think if they lose to Detroit, it is unraveled at that point. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I don't, I, I couldn't agree more, dude, especially with a guy in Mitchell Trubisky who has a touchdown interception ratio of 14 to four, you know, against the Detroit lions has a four and two record against them as well. Like that would be about the worst. Like I know this Packer loss just looked really bad, but this is a Detroit team where we actually can go in feeling, feel a little confident about this being a team we can beat. And if we can't, if we can't beat them and our defense, once again, kind of looks lost. I mean, we're all used to the offense being lost. So I'm not going to try to deflect like, you know, the guy in the visor and try to blame stuff on the defense, but if defense looks lost again this week, I mean, is it really that hard to assume that this defense is kind of given up by what this offense has given us? And if that is the case, I understand a lot of people are going to go with the players, whatever, dude, if that's what you got to do. But I totally understand not wanting to play for a guy who, uh, is feeding you fucking feeding you bullshit, man. Yeah. And at a certain point, you know, you do begin to lose that locker room and a, and a performance that we saw on Sunday night is something that indicates, you know, losing the locker room. So moving forward, like we've said on this podcast, fuck the rah, rah bullshit, find a way to win a football game. We don't need you to be our motivational speaker. You know, these guys are in the NFL for a reason. Matt Nagy didn't get you to the NFL. Matt Nagy's job is to find a way to make sure that their career in the NFL is as successful as it possibly can be. And Matt Nagy should want that success at the same level. So I don't understand why he week in and week out tries to deflect blame and just continues in his selfish self-righteous way. He's in over his head. He's in a market that is absolutely fucking throttling him. And, um, it's just not it's it's unraveling, as I said, I, I think that's what it is. I don't think Matt Nagy's a bad guy. I don't hate Matt Nagy. I just think he can't handle this job. I think it's I think it's become very apparent at this point, like all the magic wore off from 2018. Well, you know, and I just I'll kind of just continue to sit on my idea that after 2018, you just got way too comfortable, man. And that will dude, this city will eat you fucking alive like getting to the playoffs isn't enough, dude. Like this team, this team runs on the Chicago bears as much as anyone wants to admit it or not. Like this city runs on the Chicago bears. And when the bears are not doing good, I don't care what other teams are. There's still that sense of being, people being miserable. Exactly. Doesn't matter. Dude. Doesn't matter at all. Cause what, what, do, you know, I, I'm a huge Blackhawks fan. And as much as I love 2015, 2015 still sucked because the bears were garbage. You know what I mean? Like that has an effect, man. So your, your seat gets hot quick. And while I always want to do the noble thing and wait until the end of the year to fire everybody, like we have, we all feel it coming, man. Like there's something has to drastically change. Like you've lost the fan base. And when you lose the fan base, you lose ticket sales. You know, you, I mean, maybe not completely, but obviously with something like a petition happening like this, where people are talking about like how, you know, Fans don't fans aren't happy, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's what it is at the end of the day. And the McCaskies <laughs> know that. Good. And I think realistically, um, don't worry about a big dog. I got you. I think realistically, though. They're not robots and they know for a fact right after really what happened to Tressman was right after he got embarrassed by Green Bay. He was gone. That that was like and and reporters talked about it all leading up to Green Bay and they talked about the significance of the Green Bay rivalry and how important that is to Virginia McCaskey and George McCaskey and how that's the first thing that they tell every single head coach and GM is to gr- beat Green Bay. Maybe the defense just went out and laid an egg on primetime television after fucking Virginia took the flight. Ninety four year old Virginia took the flight to go see them get mollywopped in the middle of a national pandemic. I mean, I, 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 again, I always, I come equipped with a tinfoil hat. 
Dude. But it's just like it it makes a lot of sense. Two two plus two equals four. You know what I mean? Like that defense would never let up 40 points to any team. They've played a ton of great offenses and never even came close to scratching fucking 40. Yeah, man. And uh, it kind of makes me question because this is something I was thinking about a little bit earlier in the week. Like, what's the situation with like team only or like player only meetings? Like, are these a thing? Like, is this something that was entwined in the culture that players are able to speak their mind? Or, you know, is this kind of the culture that Matt Nagy's built where people are kind of, you know, yeah, Matt will be friendly with everyone, but nobody's really able to actually speak their mind because dude, that's, that's not a winning type culture, but it's a culture I've seen a lot in the NFL. I see it in college. You see it in height. You see it everywhere. You know what I mean? Like don't step out of line, but I'm going to praise you for everything that you do. And if you do mess up, just don't say anything to the media about it and we'll be good. You know, I, I, I don't know, man. And I'm not saying man, Nagy's in over his head, dude. I think that's the end. I'm not saying that the guys are making business decisions um, because I don't want to ever say that anyone's playing, not playing hard, but realistically, it just seems like these high ticket guys kind of got together and maybe said, Hey, let's, um, let's see if this offense could do it on their own without us type thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. Maybe they know that there's a ton of fucking talent on this team and they just need a different coach. I'm not saying that they sabotaged it, but it just seems like they didn't get one stop in that game. The only stop they got, I think, was in the third quarter. I mean, the fucking Packers had three drives in the first half that all ended in scores. I think one ended um, because of time and then another one ended uh, in the third quarter because there was like a holding penalty and they got backed up and it ended up first and 20 and they were able to get the punt on that. But for the rest of the game, I don't think we saw an actual stop. They just controlled the fucking ball. Well, dude, what is, you know, and I guess this is like a small comparison. I'll let B down jump in after this, but I'm like, what, what does a kid do when he's not getting attention? Like what is, what do, what does a team do when nobody up top is listening to their concerns? You know, what if people were actually trying to go above Matt Nagy and be like, Hey, listen, this guy isn't it. And it was just all falling on deaf ears. What more to get your attention than what we saw on Sunday night? with the owner in attendance. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, if you guys are not going to listen to us, if you guys aren't going to listen to it, we don't believe in this guy, you know, we're not going to make a big deal in the media about it. We're going to let you guys fucking know. And the only reason why I say this is because we're talking about guys that want to be in the hall of fame, all laying an egg on the same day. Guys that never take a game off. That's all. Go ahead. Be done. Yeah, and they also made me eat crow on my statement that I didn't feel the Bears were going to lose any more games by over possession. And it only took like two or three weeks for them to get their dicks absolutely blown off. And I literally said, I want to say before the Green Bay game, there's no way that the Bears defense will let up 40 points. I just don't I see said, it happening. Yeah, I would have said the same thing, but like I didn't, I also didn't think it was going to happen. Like, we didn't really go over any of the gambling things or any of the gambling picks or anything from last week, but I'm pretty sure Green Bay would have hit the over by themselves, if I'm not mistaken, at 45 points. So, like, a little embarrassing. Uh, missed tackles. Danny Trevathan was required to cover Devontae Adams in the red zone, which is like, the fuck are we doing? Like, well, I mean, why? yeah, I, Pagano won Jag of the Week on, on yeah. Sunday, and that's the first thing. I, I just... I just feel like whether it's zone or man coverage, there is a linebacker on the roster that can help us more in that situation than Danny Trevathan. And it's not to pick on him because like we said, but what it was a buster screen led the team in tackles and buster screen played like shit too. So it, it, uh, yeah, I'm glad we don't do players of the game this year. Cause it'd be hard to uh, give a player of the game on the defensive side of the ball this year with that performance. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent, man. Um, and you know, that's, that's kind of a big thing too. You know, I know I don't want to sit here and do the whole Matt Nagy show. Like we've done this more than enough fucking times, but that's kind of a situation where it feels like Matt hasn't taken players accountable as well. Like what is Buster screen still doing out there? If he's missing tackles, like he is, and he's blowing coverage. Like I'm not calling for anybody's job, but why is it so hard to take snaps away from someone uh, kind of as like, as like an idea, like, dude, you're fucking up. Like we need to try something else. Like, it seems like the only position he tried this with. Cause dude, look at how many starts for Sean Coward got. Look at how many times that's we've okay. Had to yeah. Watch. I'm willing to, I'm willing to budge scrying in the last few weeks have been, has been sh- not great, but 
previously then, to that, he's been solid as fuck. That's fine though. But sometimes the guy needs a wake up call. This is a win now. I would say do that, do that with your offensive line in week fucking five when Rashad Coward was whiffing on every single block and you had Sam Musk for chilling, doing nothing when he's clearly a better center than, I mean, I get, I get entirely what you're saying. Well, at the end of the day, all re- roads lead to Matt Nagy being a jag off. That's yeah. what we're getting at. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, just the biggest thing that kind of gets me is it just feels like the quarterback was the only one who really got like held to like held accountable in that situation. Like, I mean, dude, we didn't see Anthony Miller get less snaps. He was just sitting in the slot. You know, Darnell Mooney got more snaps, but we didn't see Anthony Miller go off the field. You know, it feels like Nagy really went at Javon Wims when that all went down and fair enough, dude, Javon Wims was in the wrong, but it, it didn't, it seem like such a rare thing that he was just willing to fucking actually toss one of his guys under the bus, you know, like to actually like, like you don't have to scold somebody publicly, but dude, just take some fucking snaps away from dude. Try you something can, different. You can dude. be a player's coach and hold people accountable. You yeah. shouldn't be. I don't think he can. Yo, so I just found the best tweet from the game on Sunday night uh, at Jacob Infante 24. Anthony Miller about to tweet. Wolves don't care about the opinions of sheep exclamation part. Smoke coming out of the nose with the hundred, the purple fucking. Well, he actually said a tweet that said shit's embarrassing or something like that. So everyone's kind of fed <laughs> up. And that's what I was getting at with Matt Nagy is the locker room is lost. So even if, I mean, I, that's, and that's, let's like, I hate the idea of tanking, but let's talk about it because you, you can't, I, I see it being very unlikely, very, very unlikely you lose a majority of these next four games, even though Minnesota already took it to you, even though the lions could probably beat you, even though Deshaun Watson's literally fucking playing outstanding in Houston, just like low key, that team's garbage though. And you know, you got um, Jacksonville as well. That's plays some teams tough some weeks. So the reality is like they could easily win these four games and they're probably going to get their dick stomped again at home you know, week 17 against green Bay, but that nine and seven could probably get you into the playoffs. And you know, the, that's the, game, the old yeller game. Well, and that the game that realistically um, could have pushed that eighth playoff game or whatever playoff spot got played today at three forty, which was the weirdest shit ever. Yeah. Fuck, I mean, fuck that game and fuck trace McSorley. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, RG three didn't look a whole lot fucking better out there either, but, um, yeah, I know why you're saying it though. Be done. Uh, the only, the only thing it sucks, like, and this is for like the people who do want to tank. Like, I don't, I've never been about it either. Like I'm kind of with Lucas. Like I've never really been a guy that like likes hearing the idea of tanking. I think it's kind of like outside of, uh, outside outside the good spirit of like, like competition in the NFL, but really the, like, I think the biggest thing against that idea right now is the fact that Nagy and Pace are on the hot seat, you know, assumedly. And if they lose out, dude, Nagy knows his job is gone. If Nagy doesn't already kind of know his job's possibly gone, he knows that if they lose, it's for sure gone. So that, yeah, I, I, I really think that's kind of the biggest thing working against that idea. I mean, it, Obviously, if we're thinking about it like we are, it would make some sense. But I don't see guys that are possibly going to lose their job playing like that. Well, I think realistically tanking is more in favor of Matt Nagy trying his hardest, like realistically, because when he tries harder, they get worse. So I think realistically <laughs> you have you want to tank, you keep Matt Nagy He's in. He's got to just give up. He's but if you're trying up. to make a run, you fire him and you have an interim and then you're like, OK, we got a lot of talent. We got some new fucking juice. Let's go. But realistically, my thought process is it's just like. You're not you're not going to do anything at this point. There's no solution. Mitchell is not as much as we wanted him to be that fucking North Star as I laid out. Um, he wasn't. And I don't think he will be. And there's nothing that's going to solve this problem. The Bears will not be competitive. And the worst thing possible for them is to end up winning these next four games. And this is when I say I have when the bears were fucking three and 10 or two and 10, I wanted them to win games. You know what I mean? Like when they ended up fucking three and three and 13 or whatever it was like, I hate the idea of losing games, but the idea of having Matt Nagy makes me so sick to my stomach that I think winning four games in a row would literally 
destroy me. The thought of him possibly coming back because there's six different variables with COVID and this and that and players missing and blah, 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 blah. And we finally have a full draft and we're going to get O line and we're going to get our quarter. And no, like I can't handle that dude. So I'd rather them lose. And to me, it's like, you have so many of these high profile players on defense that make a lot of money. You can easily put a keen Hicks on IR and like talking about the future. Keem Hicks could easily be a trade candidate, get ten and a half million dollars off your books, get yourself maybe a second or third round pick like that could be. And I know the defense isn't the same, but change will be coming. And it's how much change do you want to get? How much money can you get back and how many draft picks can you add and, and make this thing happen as quick as possible? So to me, it's just like, at that point, you put some of these guys on IR, you know what I mean? Like you pretty much tell Nick Foles, you are not going to be our starter next year. So then he voids his contract because he has that, and he has that option. Um, if he's pretty much thinks he doesn't have a future with the team, he's able to fucking dip out, you save money right there. Like you find you craft creative ways to tank what's while still trying to be competitive. And like I said, if they fucking fire Matt Nagy, I am all for them going on a run and fucking trying to knock teams off in the playoffs and do whatever. But right now it's like with five wins, you get maybe get six or seven towards the end. You're in the early teens picking, you know what I mean? Anywhere between eight and 14, 15 picking. So it's like you get, you're able to get yourself a quality old lineman type thing. I just feel like you put some of these guys on IR, you have guys like Kendall Vildor go out there and play, you know, Buster screen. Why not try to trade him for a seventh round pick just to get him off your books type thing. Um, he's still got some good years left in him and he's, he doesn't have that much money on the books. Like for a team, like the jets that are going to need, you know what I mean? Like I'm just spitballing here, but you get what I'm saying? Like go and play these younger guys like Riley Ridley and all these people, see if you can get trade value out of any of them, or if you want to potentially build with them in the future and have them be depth guys that you develop. You get what I'm saying? I 100% get what you're saying, Lucas. And I, I agree. That's probably the area that I would probably go with it. I wouldn't just full out tank, but I definitely want to see what I have with a lot of the roster. But I just think the only way that happens is if Ryan Pace gets told that his job is safe. It's like, I think that's the only way that happens. Cause otherwise I just still think there's too much left to lose. You know, dude, if pace and Nagger are going to continue to be here for the rest of the year, they're going to try to save their jobs. Like if their jobs are not yeah, that's, safe, that's hundred percent true. That's what I mean. Like I, I get you what you're also forgetting. We're going to probably need another number one wide receiver after this year too. Dude, Chase Claypool was the fucking, you know, 40 something pick. Like, I'm not worried about a receiver. DK Metcalf was the last pick and, of the second round. And AJ and all, Brown. In all honesty, I think if we bring in a new regiment, I think we see what we have with what we have at, right, at wide receiver. Because if we don't expect that we're going to win many games, why the hell would we either one use a high pick on somebody now, or two use uh, use money to go spend on another receiver? Like we have Riley Ridley, we have Anthony Miller. You know, as much as that makes a lot of people groan, we have Darnell Mooney. We have freaking I don't know what the deal with Javon Wims in whims is if he starts a fuss, and he'll probably go. But there are still wide receivers on the roster we're still going to mess around with. I wouldn't. Well, yeah. I, and I'm not saying skill sets are the same, but it reminds me of very similar to like a New York Giants wide receiver core where it's like not there's no superstars. No one's great, but everyone's kind of solid. Yeah, we don't need that giant physical number one receiver right now. Like unless we have we're a bunch of one people, that gets fucking touchdowns ripped. Out we of have scene. a bunch of people that you can pick up on your fantasy football waiver wire and start in a pinch. That's what we have. Yeah, I, I really I really think we have options. So, I mean, I wouldn't. As much as it sucks to have a Rob go, dude, I've been a huge fan of a Rob ever since he got here. I mean, it's just kind of the business at this point. It kind of looks like that's how that's going to go. I so, actually wanted Jarvis Landry during that off season. I that's did too. I did. I really did too, actually. So I'm glad you brought that up, but it is what it is. It's just cause he's a dog, you know? Um, and I, I don't, thing. I don't hate a Rob, but I just think the way things have been handled, I was always in the trade a Rob component, um, or the department, whatever you want to call it compartment. I don't even know what the fuck I say half the time, but realistically <laughs> I was always in that camp just cause I knew there was not, it, it, you could tell there wasn't going to be a future. And it was like, get a draft pick out of him so you can replace him because we're going to need a number one receiver. Um, but at the end of the day, it didn't happen. So now you roll forward with him. Hope he gets a big contract. That's another thing too. Don't get him injured. Like you can try to franchise him and tag him type thing. Like there's a million options you have to try to like the, people do teams do that all the time. And if we did tag him, we could probably actually trade him on fucking draft day for a nice little pick. Well, that's what I'm saying. And it's like, you're not going to get the same of what you would have gotten. If you traded him, say 
week three of this season where it's like whatever, when you're not going to be willing to trade him because you think you're going to potentially fucking beat the shit out of teams all year. But there is that element of, you know, um, Hey, I could, I could use him on the tag if I need to, or I'm willing to take less, like give me a third rounder. That's fine. Cause that's yeah. better than nothing. And you're still not, Dude, you know, we'll take a still- fucking washing machine, like semi pro at this point, just something in return. Shit, dude, give us. Well, yeah, we'll give you mocks. Hey, we've seen worse, but yeah, I mean, if there was ever a get back on track game, it's this week against the yeah, Detroit. I mean, it's it's Detroit shit bags. It's a good transition, but this is the first time I've ever like felt like, damn, do do I really want the Bears to win this game? Dude, we're favorites yeah. too. If it's be that's so strange. That is so strange. But if Mitchell Trubisky goes out there and just meet on the table, like throws four touchdowns, I will be ecstatic about that win. But like, it's weird. I've never, I have never in my life been in a position where I'd be like, damn dude, every win possibly puts us in debt to the bald man for one more year. Like every win is one motherfucker. If you told me that there was no doubt, no matter what happened, unless it was like an uh, NFC championship win that Matt Nagy was getting fired at the end of the year, I'd be all for them winning every single game. But it just kills me to think about this guy. Matt Nagy is a thumb thumb with a mustache. If you guys have ever seen Spy Kids. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Um, I don't know, dude. I always always like kind of like what ALAP will say, where he just just shits on Matt Nagy for being bald. Like what? What's what's more likely? The Bears win out or Matt Nagy grows hair? That killed me. <laughs> I literally died. I died. All right, but let's talk about the Lions realistically. Um, they didn't have Kenny Galladay, and they were shitting on us last, um, you know, week one. Lots changed. The Lions just find horrific ways to lose games, but this could go either way, man. At this point, like the Bears are are officially bad. They are they are not they don't have bad players, but they are a bad team. Can confirm. Yeah, man. It's uh it's been tough to watch. And I think the thing that sucks, you know, especially kind of in the position that we are where we actually like talk about, you know, kind of this as like a, a side gig or, you know, however you want to look at it, is man, we, we really kind of we kind of get really get to know a lot of these players. And it sucks seeing a lot of them struggle. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not just the typical meatball, like you turn on the tube on a Sunday when you're already half in the bag and you see somebody drop a ball and you're like, Oh fuck that guy. It's like, no man, we, uh, we've taken the time to actually know who a lot of these players are. So it does really suck seeing them struggle like this. Cause there's talent all over this roster. And, you know, I'll sit, I'll sit and die on that Hill all fucking day, but it just, it just doesn't seem like it's ever been utilized and it sucks it sucks to see as the players and it sucks to see as some of the coaches. Cause you know, besides how much we bitch about the guy up top, there's a lot of coaches on this Ross on this team as well, who are pretty damn good at their job. You know what I mean? Like a guy like Jay Rogers, you know? So yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like you always hear about players talking about the business side of things, but you have to understand that too, as a fan and as someone that does podcasts or maybe writes article, you know what I mean? Like as a fan, you got to understand like the business side of the game and like, we love all these guys. I love Josh Bellamy, but didn't break my heart when he left. And I love, I fucking love Mitch, the true shoe train Toot toot. I'll get on that train every single week. But realistically, when he leaves, it's probably for the better of the team. So I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, you can't get attached to specific players. Cause at the end of the day, like shit, dude, even a guy like Odell Beckham could get traded to Cleveland and be on the chopping block the next year or two years later. You know what I mean? It's just, just the way it is, man. It's the NFL. Odell Beckham to the Bears for two first round picks. Oh no. Don't let that happen. <laughs> I'd, I'd, honestly, I'd honestly probably boycott the Bears. I don't know. If I I'd would never go to another game. I don't know. I really don't know if I'd be able to watch next season. Like if the Bears gave up two first round picks for a wide receiver with the state of the team, I'd lose my shit. I know. I'm fucking kidding. Well, um, we all already know Odell lost his shit. No pun intended. Well, dude, all we gotta do is put in that <laughs> over so the fields will never show up. You got pooped on. <sighs> that was such a weird day on Twitter, dog. That was such a weird day. But uh, you know, I guess kind of going back to the Lions, man. You know, obviously Stafford, somebody we're always gonna have to worry about. He's a guy who's always just gonna put numbers. And um, you know, we did talk about Kenny Galladay. He hasn't participated in practice yet this week, so that's gonna be something to kind of monitor. Um, Quintess Cephas as well, which is a guy who kind of uh, had a pretty 
pretty nice little game against us the first time too. And, us. Uh, and Adrian Peterson torched us. Yeah. Um, and you know, Adrian Peterson could end up playing as well with DeAndre Swift because he's in concussion protocol. Two touchdowns on Thanksgiving. Bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know what happened in fantasy. <laughs> I was asking. I was yeah. I played AP and Will Fuller on Thanksgiving Day. Both of them went nuts. Had by far the highest score of their of their um year on the same day. I actually ended up coming back and winning. Realistically, it was I was so upset. And then I found out about the PEDs. I'm like, can we dock this guy ten points? Because he clearly just was like. <laughs> and someone came out of left field and was like, oh, I can't believe. It all makes sense. Like that's why Will Fuller didn't get injured this year because he does get banged up every year, and it's like, oh, it's just juicing up, man. Man, that's brutal. But it's it's true, man. I almost wish the Packers would have traded for him now. All right, let's talk about Big Ten football. No, dude, I don't want to talk about fucking Big Ten. Is now muted. I wish I could actually. Is there a way I can control this and mute your mic? Dude, if you if you had a uh, what who is it? Tony Reale that does the around the horn. I'm Woody Page. I figured that out a long time ago that I am Woody Page. <laughs> I fucking do it. You Don't really even say are. that because I actually like Woody Page. You're gonna oh, fucking oh, you ruin like him now. Not... Woody Don. No, beat, Page. beat on. Beat on doesn't have a little fucking like marker board behind him at, on uh, every recording. No, I right. gotta get one now. I guess. Yeah, that about does it. We are going to get back to you with the injury report episode on Friday. We're going to get everything going. Maybe I won't be such a Grinch, um, but I don't know. Christmas season's coming up. Maybe I will be again. I just can't stand Matt Nagy. I'm sorry about that, guys. You can go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap. Oh, fuck. I, we didn't even announce. Like, well, I guess we talked about Mitch Trubisky being a slayer, but it was like officially announced that Mitch Trubisky was the starter. I think we all just kind of assumed that at that point. Um, but yeah, go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap. Also follow us at Ontas Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. Also go ahead and follow Beat on 300 Brandon Suarez and that pod guy Duke Duke Coughlin. Enter in promo code on tap at Manscaped for all of your men's grooming products. Good stuff, man. 20% off. That means you only pay 80% of what it's supposed to cost. I mean, it's pretty good shit. Yeah, I got my care package in the middle right now, dude. I'm really excited to Manscaped. Duke's going to blast his taint. All right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we love you guys. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.